Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Tie, 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 tie your shoe. Tie your shoe. Tie your shoe. And audio check. Checks out. Cool. Hi, hello. It's Sean here. Uh, I wanted to try a, a new format um, for the show, uh, a little opening uh, clip, a little opening sesh, you know, more more private, more solo. I mean, intimate, that's the word. Yes, I don't know why I'm being creepy about it. Um, Yeah, I, I just wanted to, a little, little opening uh, for each episode to let you know what you're, what you're getting yourself into. Uh, I have an amazing talk coming up uh, right after this, and I just want to get a couple things out of the way. Uh, first off, uh, I can wear a beanie with my giant headphones. I I just wanted to share that. I I think that I'm I'm a trendsetter. Um, I'm an influencer uh, naturally, so I think a new trend I kind of want to start is a big beanie. And big headphones. I will send a picture to anyone who who wants to see a picture of that. Email me at afthepodcast at gmail.com. On to some more serious news. Uh, I I would like to to just uh, uh, briefly say that my, my... There is no regular posting date for any episode yet uh it's not like i'm gonna have episodes every wednesday or episodes every tuesday or every other tuesday it's kind of when i get it done uh i i do work a full-time job i do not make any money from this so the the passion is only when it only when i'm feeling it uh so there, there's my answer to why there's no constant stream of, for lack of a better word, content. Uh, hopefully in the future that can change uh, until there's a demand, but there's no demand right now, so there's no supply. If that makes any economical sense, I hope it does. Uh, on to other housekeeping activities... Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to, I don't think I have to say this. Um, uh, I haven't had anyone reach out to me and, and, and question my authority or my knowledge yet, but, uh, just, you know, and maybe I should disclaimer before every episode, but I am not a doctor. I'm not a professional. Uh, I barely talk to professionals. Uh, so anything you get out of this show or these conversations is uh, is take it at face value, educational purposes. Do your own research. Seek your own uh, medical advice. Don't take it from a guy talking over over uh, the phone or whatever with a friend. That's not where we get medical advice. Correct. 
And if you do, listen, I'm, I'm not going to shit in your Cheerios, but you should, you should, I don't know. I you should probably talk to someone who gets paid a lot more than I do. So with that out of the way, uh, I, I don't really think I'm giving advice that isn't already abundantly clear or easy to find. I just want to make talking about it more accessible and more fun. That's my goal. I'm not trying to sell any, anybody anything. I don't want to sell you, you know, uh, the, the, the get rich quick scheme or get your head healthy scheme. I, I, I'm figuring this out with you. Uh, this is a journey that I'm, I'm currently going through, uh, spiritual healing, uh, finding out, you know, who and why I am. And I, I think that's, that's a powerful journey and experience and I, and I, I, I want to share it. So, uh, to just, to make everything more crystal clear, I know this is like my 30th or 40th episode or whatever. So, uh, and you know, at the same time, guys, I am learning how to do this as I go. Uh, I, I, I took a couple Skillshare classes that is does not make me an expert or good at anything. So I'm learning. Um, bear with me as we get through these learning curves, like my audio. <laughs> Everything I promise will get better. So stay tuned for more to come. <laughs> uh, great talk coming up next. Uh, my my next guest. I actually had recorded uh, a, a previous episode with him, and. I lost it. I lost the file. I think I was cleaning large files off my computer and I, I deleted it. So I would love to summarize that episode, but I'm not going to. Uh, what I can summarize is who I'm talking to. Uh, this is a, a dear friend of mine. I've known him uh, shit probably since fourth fourth grade or in the elementary days. Um back back in my hometown uh, he lived through the woods in my same kind of housing complex development thing so we we were on the same bus we took many a walks we 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 developed into young adults uh more or less together and then we you know as you do you move out of your hometown you 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 go different directions and we've been able to slowly kind of keep in, in contact, kind of like with me and John, and had, you know, been able to rekindle a, uh, a, a relationship where we're allowed to be vulnerable and honest and open with each other. And as a, as a, as a white male entering his mid thirties, that it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to, to tie down these lifelong friends. So instead of trying to find a whole new bus, I'm, I, I like to reach out and, and try and keep the ones that I already have that foundation with. And if we can grow and learn together, then fucking A. So without further ado, um, this is my, my, my good friend, um, Kedem. He's uh, right now living in Chicago. Uh, so we, now I get a little Midwestern flair into into this into this show uh he's he's very well spoken uh he's not me and he has great great 
information and experience that he can add to the show. So we'll be seeing a lot more of him. And uh, I really hope everyone enjoys this talk. It's uh, complex PTSD. And I'll see you on the other... I'll see you in like two seconds, actually, after the drums. Like, you're... You're nothing. You're really extremely vulnerable after that. That That's also fucking, like, a little traumatic. Oh, is this a segue? Holy shit. Oh, get him. Smooth. Get him. That was, uh, was fucking stupid. I really wanted to talk to you about uh, PTSD um, or uh, the, its lesser known cousin or I maybe brother or sister or uh, whatever, relative. Uh, complex PTSD. Uh, just, just off the bat, what does what does PTSD mean to you? What, what do you what do you what do you think of when you hear PTSD? Uh, I I think of unicorns, rainbows. Yes, continue. Rainbows. Uh, should we probably we should probably disclaimer this right by saying neither of us are licensed uh psychologists. i already i have the disclaimer pre-recorded <laughs> for okay. these heavy episodes yes i'm not a doctor although people keep sending me emails um with with uh you know like doctor stuff that people buy i, I listen i don't i'm not interested you can keep sending me it it makes you feel better but i'm not interested um, not a doctor, can I mean not a doctor, but we do have a life full of experiences and that's what we're basing our observations yeah. and our talk off I of. Just, just in case you hadn't made the disclaimer, I just wanted to put that there. But um, okay, yeah, what does PTSD mean to me? Uh, it means, well, it, do, we know, do we all know what it stands for, right? Post-traumatic. I was, I was giving you the- Oh, stress disorder. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, in his audience, the baton over. Yes, and <laughs> come on. Uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So I do know it's a okay. So what I know about it is that it is a it's a recognized uh, you know mental illness. Yes, it is a disorder. It's a it's a it's considered a you know it's in the DSM 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 five. We're up to now. I think five I think now, baby. I think six is coming out soon though. I don't I know. <laughs> um and i think it's classified as a mood disorder um if i'm not mistaken but anyway uh yeah it's basically a trauma response uh a trauma response disorder so you have you you experience trauma in your life and it messes with your brain in such a way that uh even years in the future you can have um uh side effects of it so i mean just it's an, it's like any other mental illness right it's a series it's a it's a it's a it's a um yeah it's a series of symptoms um yeah. uh i mean here it's like, it's like what i found this awesome website i'm gonna leave this linked downstairs cptsdfoundation.org so most people have heard of post-traumatic stress disorder that affects many men and women returning from a war zone. It is characterized by flashbacks, unstable mood, survival's remorse, uh, 
However, many have never heard of the condition that often develops in childhood and changes the course of a child's life forever. That is complex PTSD. So to, to piggyback right back onto post-traumatic stress, we all, I think most of us have the image in our heads of that, 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 that soldier coming home from, from war and they have anxiety, you know, they have flashbacks, you know, uh, loud noises or flashes set them off into reliving events that have traumatized them. And it makes my heart flutter a little bit because I've never been in a war. And I, 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 I it's just, I, 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 can, I can understand why that would be traumatic and why that would stay with you. And I, I think most of us do already have that image. Now, you don't have to go to war to get PTSD. You can be in a car crash. It's one major event or short-term event that has scarred you or that you keep with you and affects you down the line. So that is, that is classic textbook PTSD. Now, the difference with complex PTSD is the duration of time. Uh, a lot of awesome, awesome websites that you can Google this and like the first 10 or so are, are genuine websites. They, they have awesome information. I will definitely have a couple links uh, in the description to a couple of the ones that I found uh, awesome or definitely worth a read. Uh, for a good definition of, of complex PTSD, so we, we survivors of childhood trauma, that's kind of where I want to push this, this narrative today, because you can have CPTSD outside childhood. It does happen in adulthood, but I kind of want to focus this conversation on childhood today. Uh, I, I think it's something that I myself am currently living through and going through. Uh, so the basis of my um, experience and talking points will come from uh, childhood trauma. Complex PTSD comes in response to chronic traumatization, 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 I can say it, God damn it, over the course of months or often years. This can include emotional, physical, and or sexual abuse, domestic violence, living in a war zone, being held captive, human trafficking, and other organized rings of abuse, and more. While there are exceptional circumstances where adults develop CPTSD, it is most often seen in those whose trauma occurred in childhood. For those who are older, being at the complete control of another person, often unable to meet the most basic needs without them, coupled with unforeseeable end in sight. So the end, you feel like the end is never in sight. Now, I can, I can jump right into a couple, uh, you know, experiences that I've had growing up in my life. And this is nothing new to the show. I, I've, I've mentioned growing up in my house plenty of times. And not that I think my father or parents will ever listen to this, but if they do, I want them to know I love them so much. And this has not made me judge them in any way, shape, or form. But my father has um, explosive anger. And I, I learned that very, very early in childhood. And these are, um, 
these are the moments where there's no end in sight are those fights that erupt between parents where maybe one parent is more dominant than the other and you only hear the one shouting. My mother rarely ever talked back. It was just the end result of my father yelling. And these fights would happen for hours. And I'm telling you, slamming shit, slamming doors, throwing materials around rooms, yelling for hours. And I can tell you, when I was at that young age, it, it honestly felt like all eternity. It felt like it would never end. This, this, is, this is the best way I think I can, I can kind of paint a picture for, for, for how, where, where I come from. So complex post-traumatic stress disorder happens over a long period of time. Now, actually a, a quick, quick fact. Um, so the DSM-5, they kind of roll PTSD and CPTSD into the same uh, category. Uh, the, the authors believed it was uh, sufficient to lump it together with other tra trauma-related disorders. Um, that, that being said, I, I, I guess I can see how both, both can be the same thing. Um, I got a lot of the uh, symptoms, uh, but let's let's talk about some of the symptoms. What <laughs> now? What, what do you think some of the symptoms would be of, of of PTSD? Knowing knowing what you already know about it, it's going to very much depend on on the trauma involved. But uh, 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 so the most experience I have with PTSD as in like knowing people with it um, and talking to them about it uh, and such is uh, knowing in my past anyways knowing people with PTSD related to like sexual abuse trauma or um, physical abuse trauma or or emotional abuse trauma from like ex-partners or family members um, and usually, yeah, so there's, so symptoms are, are often going to be like anxiety, mm -hmm. um, flashbacks, yep. um, feelings of, um, so in the cases of, of abuse, uh, feelings of like inadequacy, um, and, uh, yeah codependency or codependence and um there's a lot of potential symptoms That's no no I, you just I, you're you fucking you're already nailing it let me just run through a list real quick um so the well he let symptoms of ptsd and these are this is this is the broader range um reliving traumatic experience i'm sure you have we we all had those moments where we 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 relive something in our past lives that we're not really proud of or or happy about um avoiding certain situations changes in beliefs and feelings about yourself and others hyper arousal uh, hyper arousal refers to constantly being on alert or jittery for example you might have a hard time sleeping or concentrating you might also be startled by loud or unexpected noises um, what I had mentioned earlier. So a, a lot of 
the PTSD comes from the symptoms that you show. Now, symptoms of complex PTSD, and this is where I, I feel like I start to shine a little bit, and I, I mean that in a, in a, in a, a, a non-sarcastic way. Uh, a lack of emotional regulation. This refers to having uncontrollable feelings such as explosive anger or ongoing sadness. Now, I've had plenty of, of moments where the littlest thing, and maybe even nothing in someone else's eyes has set me off, has set me off onto this, this emotional roller coaster of, of at one moment I was fine and then the next second down at the the end of that track I I am I, I feel like I can't control the anger around me and every little thing every other every little thing that I hear every little noise that I hear every every the smells everything it it, it turns into hyper arousal at the same time it's just it's a switch. It's, it's on, it's off. You together with me, have you had any of these? Have you, have you ever felt any of these? Well, so symptoms. If, okay. So I always try to be a little bit careful with things like this, right? Because like self-diagnosing, uh, can be um, can be uh, pretty uh, irresponsible if you so let's let's just say I'm gonna I'm just gonna think of it as a as a broad thing of like stuff from your childhood that's fucked that that has fucked you up to this day and if you want to call that trauma or if you want to call it if you want to call it CPS CPTSD you know that's fine. Um, I, I, I don't have uh, the same experiences that you had, so it's going to be different for me. But um, of course, the stuff I deal with today, I guess that I think are definitely effects from what I experienced in childhood would be um, a pretty um, like consistent feelings of uh, inadequacy. Um, insecurity um feeling kind of like uncomfortable in my own skin negative self-perception yeah negative yeah a lot of negative self-perception um a lot of feelings of um hopelessness and uh kind of like fatalism a futility about about uh well let's let's talk about what 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 those are um give me an example like it's a lot of like what's the pointism thoughts you know what i mean so like for instance i might um be a, get, i might be uh, presented with an opportunity and i might instinctually have some kind of interest in it you know so like someone might i might i don't know a coworker might say like oh hey by the way i'm you know throwing a party or something and you know i might i might immediately have the reaction of like you know i should do that you know because i don't socialize enough it would you know i could get closer to my coworker, could meet some new people, blah, blah. Like there's no real downside, right? Um, but then I, that will immediately be followed up with a, 
and this is like an internal sort of just reaction thing, but it's it would be kind of like a, but like, what's the point, you know? Like, I, and and like, is it even worth the, the 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 effort and the stress and the anxiety of like going through with it, you know, going to a, to a new social situation, all the social anxiety involved, all of the performance anxiety, whatever, the the fucking travel to get there because you know I live in Chicago so you know it's always like public transit travel um you know what I mean it's like I start thinking about all the, like all the roadblocks and all like the discomfort that will be involved and then it's just kind of like a it just get this like what like what's the fucking point you know yeah. like it, it's not worth it um type type attitude you know and and that that's an attitude that I have I I, I developed I think I've talked a lot about this in uh, therapy, but uh, I developed it a, uh, at a very young age as kind of a defense mechanism, a, like a coping mechanism for, um, for when things got really difficult, uh, when I was scared, when I was uncomfortable as a kid, when I felt overwhelmed. I developed early in life, this, like really young, like I think like first or second grade I remember, is like my first memory of having this thought of like, what if I just what if I just gave up? <laughs> what if I just, what if yeah. I just didn't do the thing? Uh, well, like, well, yeah, what if I just, what if I just said, fuck this? Um, and it became like a really comfortable um, uh, reaction for me uh, towards like scary or difficult or stressful things. Um, so that's a big one for me. And then that's like tied with the sort of the self negative self-perception or it adds to it. It compounds it. You know what I mean? They, it feeds into it. Oh yeah. Each other, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's a lot of what I deal with. It's all part of, it's all kind of part yeah. of like my I, that, that, that could tie into loss of systems of meaning. Uh, systems of meaning refer to your religion or beliefs about the world. For example, you might lose faith in some law and hell beliefs that you've had developed or a strong sense of despair or hopelessness about the world. Uh, I, I, I too have experienced that. Yeah. Uh, especially, at, I mean, more at a younger age. Um, I know, especially you and me, when we, we, when we were younger, and this is going way back in the fucking, the dark ages, but uh, it, it was almost kind of like, for me, it was kind of cool or like not even cool, but like I, I had lost that that trust in in the system or or the world, and I thought it was like cool to rebel against it, and to 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 go against the grain, and looking back at it now, it was it was, it, I I feel like it was more of, of of me being let down, let down that I didn't know how to cope with the fact that the world isn't good or evil it's benign and things happen and i took it personally i took it you know personally and on the, on the same sense spiritually and it's it's taken me uh quite some time to to kind of uh walk out of that shadow that i i would i would, you know i was put in I say put in but put yourself in put myself in and then and then you surround yourself in in that same thought, in that same thought bubble. This was at the same time uh, YouTube had just started. And, and I, I, not to go on a tangent <laughs> right now, but you can vary. And, and YouTube has changed their algorithm. I noticed that. 
um, but today, but you, you can very easily keep yourself in, in the same thought bubble. Uh, if you're actively seeking information to keep yourself in that comfort zone. And I think that's what you were talking about, the comfort zone. You know, uh, I, I, I today find it hard to make plans with people and stick to it. I have to like really, you know, convince myself, Sean, this is for the benefit. This is going to be great. Once you get there, you're going to have a great fucking time. You know, you just have to get there. And it, it's, it's so much easier to not answer a text. It's so much easier to not answer a call. It's so much easier to, to kind of stay where I'm at instead of taking those chances. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's uncertainty and chances have a lot to play with that. And if you're, if you come from a spot when you're younger, where that uncertainty ended up in like anger or angst, a parent yelling at you or people not responding to you asking for help, I can totally get why that puts you on the, 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 the tracks of negative self-image. This is, this is just a lot. <laughs> no, but like a difficulty with relationships. Now, again, I love my parents. They, they stuck together through thick and thin, maybe at the benefit or not the benefit of themselves and their family. But I have, I have found it hard, my friend, to, uh, to I mean, as of lately, I feel like I'm getting better. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into uh, steps and uh, coping skills and, um, you know, seeking help, talking to a doctor. Uh, these, these are definitely um, on my list of uh, skills and uh, what you should do. Um, but, well, no, let's just fuck it. Let's jump into it. So I found this awesome fucking article. Now, I have been a fan of their YouTube channel for quite some time now. And I, I really hope uh, that this, this pedestal I kind of put them on isn't, isn't too untouchable and, and holy because they are just like me. But signs you might be suffering from complex PTSD. And again, I do not want to self-diagnose. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't know how anyone is feeling. I don't. I know how I feel. That doesn't mean I understand where I'm at. So just because I, I you know, you feel pain in your shoulder doesn't mean it's cancer. Doesn't mean it's not cancer. Talk to a professional. Get a professional's opinion. This is a stepping stone. And with that third disclaimer, let's jump into it. So School of Life, <laughs> again, I'm going to have uh, their video and their website uh, linked in the description or the, uh, the, the topic box beneath this. Number one, a feeling that nothing is safe wherever we are. We have an apprehension that something awful is about to happen. We are in a state of hypervigilance, always tense, always scared. And they may not scared, but always alert. The catastrophic, the, no, sorry, the catastrophe we expect often involves a sudden fall from grace. 
we will be hauled away from our current circumstances and humiliated, perhaps put into prison and denied all access to anything kind or positive. We won't necessarily be killed, but to all intents, our life will be over. Nothing is safe wherever we are. Now, how, how can we put this into, how can we paint a picture that nothing is safe wherever we are? Uh, I, I have one, um, and this is, this, is, this is me personally. Uh, I'm always afraid that people are going to think the worst of me. Uh, and that, that starts with starting a conversation or even being in the same area as them. In fact, I sometimes avoid people like they have the plague or more recently COVID, even if I don't know them or even if I don't have the, the even if talking to them isn't necessarily an option, but being close to them enough talking could happen, I will avoid and I will, I will walk the longer way around the street or go through a different door to a building. I, I find myself terrified that the people are going to think horrible things about me. Like, what is he wearing on his shoes? What is that? Feeling nothing safe. I mean, what, what's that mean to you? So I, what I think of is, isn't actually personal to me. Well, it, it, it's personal in, in my life, I guess, but it's not, it's not, specific, it's not a me thing. It's, an, it's a thing of my ex. So for the audience, uh, I was married for three and a half years-ish, um, and my ex uh, had a lot of trauma, a lot of PTSD about different things, mm-hmm. way worse stuff than I ever went through, or, you know, shouldn't, shouldn't, okay. Different, yeah, yeah, different exactly, stuff. different, different, yeah. Uh, very different stuff than I ever went through, so, you know, couldn't really fully relate um but one and one of the things my ex would do that i had a really hard time relating to was what i just called uh catastrophization which is i think basically what you're talking about it's the it's this paranoia i guess this type of paranoia where where you feel like things are just gonna go things are things are gonna get really really bad unless x y and z go exactly right yes yes Um, and uh so my and my ex um you know little things it it was almost like sometimes almost like comically but not really but like like almost like an ocd thing where you know a little thing like um you know a, a blanket not being like in the right position or something like that things like that would it wouldn't just be like a, an annoyance or like, a, oh, I can't deal with that. It would be like, a, I'm going to have a panic attack if no. this isn't fixed. Yeah. Because if it's not fixed, then I won't be able to sleep well. And if I'm not able to sleep well, then I'll do a bad job at work tomorrow. And if I do a bad job at work, then I'm going to get fired and then I'm going to be homeless and blah, blah, blah. The catastrophe, cat- yeah. catastrophization is like the writing the narrative 
of if this goes wrong, then this is going to go wrong and it's going to hit this and this and this and this, and I'll end up dead or homeless or blah, blah, blah. It sounds so. funny, but it's, it's, it's so fucking true. That is so fucking true. I can, I can piggyback right on top of that because I'm, I'm very, um, anal about, uh, keeping a schedule, keeping times, you know, and, and I'm sure you can already attest to this, although I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Digit, you know, trying to work on it. But if, if me and my partner or a family member or a friend have a time to meet up or do something or start an activity, I, I am very, I need to stick to that time. If I don't stick to that time, I feel like, I seriously feel like the whole day could fall apart, that it's, it's, it's an attack against my character. It's an attack against their character. And I, I, it, just, it just spirals. It goes from, it's like a domino effect. It's just, all right. So we're not on time. So everything is meaningless. My word is meaningless. Um, and, and maybe this, this could be uh, tied into uh, one of these different signs, but just not having that. And this could be a symptom of control too, uh, which now that I'm saying it out loud, seems more, more likely, but it, it's just the domino. It's, it's, and, and, and you said it, it's a catastrophe. It's, it's always, it's always around the corner. It's about to happen. The boulder is about to fall and doing these steps and doing this, this, and this are the ways to prevent that. And, and I, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that a hundred percent. Um, I, I, even yeah, I have a hard time relating to it. Uh, I'm, I mean, it, and, and that's okay. We're all different. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm, of course. I'm wired very differently. I, I'm more, I'm very much more of a here and now. Um, like, so, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not a very imaginative person and I don't think a lot about the future, even, even in an anxious way. I don't have a lot of anxiety in that sense. Um, the thing, what I get anxious about my, my sort of, uh, you know, neuroticness is, is about like immediate, in front of me perfectionism um i'm super detail oriented and uh i don't think about like how it's gonna fuck up the future i just think about it's fucked up right now and i need to fix it i have to fix it because it's fucking me up that it's not right uh and i'll I, and i'll get that way about lots of things it really it really messes with me in social situations because I just feel like I'm performing badly all the time and that I'm just being cringy and people are judging me. But it's again, it's not like I, I'm not like thinking about the future. It's just like a, I just hate myself in the moment, you know? And mm -hmm. so I get, I get very caught up in the moment more so than uh, getting anxious about potential future catastrophe fantasies. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not really what I do, but yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be different for everyone, but I'm just saying. Uh, no, of, of, of course. And you know what? Uh, uh, looking over this list again, uh, the, the, the first three are kind of uh, connected. Uh, so number one would be a feeling that nothing is safe. Number two would be we can never relax. And actually, this is, this is where a lot of uh, my interpretation of the first one comes into play. Uh, we, can never, we can never relax. This shows up in our body. We are permanently tense or rigid. We have trouble being touched, perhaps in particular areas of the body. The idea of doing yoga or meditation isn't just not appealing. It is positively revolting. We may call it hippie with a sneer. And deeper down, 
terrifying, probably our bowels are in trouble too. Our anxiety has a direct link to our digestive system. Now, number, number two here, I, I don't relate with as much. Uh, I, I've, I've maybe at a younger age, I, I would have shared, I would have um, been that, that image, but uh, getting older now and, and starting to care a lot less, uh, just, just with the happenstance of time, uh, I, 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 I have also adapted yoga and meditation into my, into my, my daily routine. And in the beginning, yes, it felt stupid and dumb. And when I say stupid, I mean, just to me, it felt stupid to me. Like Sean, you're more logical than this. You don't need this, this fairy tale stuff. And, and it's not fairy tale. It's, it's just, in fact, you taking the time to slow down. And if you're on a go, 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 you know, life from elementary school to adulthood, that go, 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 go can be a little draining. And if you have a parent that is go, 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 that can also be where the trauma comes from. I, 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 again, without diagnosing myself, um, you know, and, and kind of, I think you've actually experienced this firsthand. Uh, if you weren't doing something that day, you were not doing anything productive and you were, you were at fault for that. Uh, I have had many days where I was woken up out of deep slumber, wonderful dreamland where I was riding unicorns over the rainbows and picking lollipops off the trees to the yelling voice of my father crashing me down to the floor where, what the fuck are you doing today? Get out and do something. It didn't matter what that was, if it was a job or if it was productive to society, it was the fact that I wasn't doing it in the first we place. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I remember you would give you shit to do. Yeah. But, Dude, it, and, and you know what? the lawn. There were no leaves. But no leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to help me do this? And you're like, what (laughs) (laughs) one night i was sleeping there and we're adults right at this point yes yes it wasn't like going to sleepover we just fucking passed out in the basement probably got drunk or high the night before exactly passed out in the bay in your basement room and it was like six fucking a.m he opened he just slams open the basement door and is just screaming yeah exactly what you said get the fuck up sean get up you shit, you got this shit to do. I, I barely remember because I was so groggy. I was like, whoa. And then you, you start like getting up all like, oh, okay. And I'm like, dude, is everything all right? You're like, yeah, what? I'm like, that was normal. Why yeah. is he so angry? And you're like, no, that's just like how he wakes me up in the morning. <laughs> that was normal. And you know what? what I was more, fuck? I was more terrified, honestly. And this is gonna, this is gonna tie back in. I was more terrified how you we're going to perceive this moment. I was terrified. Oh my God, Kenan's going to think this is this is a crazy fucking house, you know. <laughs> not that it, you didn't already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought I'm like, oh my God. I I looked at him. I, I tried to get into my dad's, you know, my dad's uh, point of view, so I could be like, you know, with my hands, stop, stop. There's somebody here because my father loves to uphold the image of the perfect nuclear family. God bless America. And if he would have known you were there, I guarantee you ahead of time, he would have never done that. So 
there, there, there was a safety that I felt having you there because from the outside, we're perfectly happy, healthy family. But on the inside, there, there, are, there are issues. There are, there are stuff that is not being talked about and resolved. And it's, it's resulting in outbursts of anger. And I was not the best kid. So I'm not throwing my father against the wall here. I, I, I had behavioral issues and I, I acted out in some hindsight, quote unquote, dumb ways but they were the ways that made sense to me as a kid. And, you know, I, I wouldn't take any of that back now. I have embraced it and I love it. I'm happy it happened then and not right this second. But, you know, that there's, there's, there's a whole dynamic at play there. And I, I, I again, it, this, this kind of feeds into we can never relax. And that goes with, with holding you know, well, we were told to show up at this time. So as a kid, I showed up at that fucking time because I didn't have much of a choice minus the mental badgering from uh, the anger that would, that would be thrown at me. And this, this turns into my self-image. Um, so here, let me, let me jump into number three real quick. Uh, real quick, number three real quick. And we can never really sleep. We can't really ever sleep. We wake up early, genuinely in a state of high alarm. As though during the rest, we have let our guard down and are now in even greater danger than usual. Have you ever woken up like in a panic? Yes. I mean, it's, it, I mean, times, but within I, context, yes. I mean, what, but, not, you know, again, not saying that you, you are suffering, but um, you, you wake up in that, in that panic. What's it, what's it, just walk me through it. How's it feel? What's it like? Well, I mean, I don't want to, here's the thing. The, number one, the, we're on number three, right? Of these, of these. Yes. Lists. It seems to me that they're just they're kind of describing different different symptoms of like or different forms of hyper vigilance, or I, I guess no, you're right. Case, no, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it was, was hyper arousal. They called it in the other one, I think. But you know, yes. I, I think I've heard it referred to as hyper vigilance. But yeah, this which is a which is a which is a trauma response um, for sure. And it's like and it's one I I don't really have. So like I'm not. I don't want to um, make it make it, you know. I don't want to make things up here. Like I'm going to be my authentic self. No, I of course, of course, I, of course. I, my 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 uh, <laughs> mental health struggles are mainly around depression, more so than anxiety. Um, and I am not someone who yeah I'm not someone who's really hyper vigilant. I'm more um, just fucking like miserable all the time <laughs> except I mean, not anymore but that's how i used to be no like, you're uh, right i'm yeah i don't mean to throw you on the spot like no you're good so yeah, you like, are you feeling talk, these things tell me about it yeah yeah you talk about it because i know you i know that you deal have dealt a lot more with that hypervigilance than i have you well, were you, always the more high strung one you already know um we can never really sleep we wake up early i have woken up multiple millions of times and i still do to this day 
6.30 a.m., maybe a little, it's, it's always before the sun comes up. And my first, you know, I got my phone. Oh my God, what time is it? You know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sean, slow down. Like, you're not, like, I always wake up and I think I'm late for work or I've, I've, I've forgotten something or I'm supposed to be somewhere. And yes, that might tie into uh, my, my father's anxieties when, when he would wake up and, and get us all moving in the house. You know, I also come from a house of everyone was awake early all the time. So maybe it being a little bit genetic and a little bit of both yeah. um, fear. I didn't, I didn't grow up like that. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it, so it's, it's, a li- it's a little bit of both, I think. Well, let me, so here, so you're right. The first three are more hyper arousal. And I think what the article is going for, looking at other um, websites and other um, symptoms, I think what this website trying to do is show you the different signs, not necessarily just one version of hyperarousal or one version of, um, you know, self-image. They're, they're breaking it down into more relatable uh, keys. And not that this is a checkbox, uh, you know, check off which ones you feel, but more of just a, um, a, a picture to paint for you. Of, of what it could, and I'm saying there, could look like, not is. This isn't scripture. I shouldn't even say scripture, too, because the scripture is not fucking scripture. Sorry. I won't Whoa. get into that right now, but God <laughs> damn it! That's a can of worms. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that next week. <laughs> but, um... Let's, let's, let's move along here. Um, so number three was we can't, we can't really ever sleep. And I've, ex- I've not only have I experienced that I've, ex- I've had partners experience that. And when I experienced the partners experience in it, it's like, what are you doing? Relax, lay down. It's like, but no, I understand being in their head. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I need to be somewhere. I need, I need to be doing something. And oh, I, I real quick speak on my ex again. Uh, yeah, uh, teeth, uh, teeth grinding. Oh, wow, yes, it, it I've would, experienced I mean, that too. It would, it would not, wake me up, not me, yes, my partner. Yeah, the teeth partner grinding would wake me up because the teeth grinding was so loud. Oh, it my was goodness, like, yeah, and I, I would try and like wake her up, and like, hey, yeah. hey, are you okay? Like, hey, like, like you're it's it's loud, yeah. And so, wow. like, that, uh, yeah, so I, again, like, I, I know, I know about, I'm familiar with this stuff, not from like uh, myself, but from partners, you know, um, more so than anything, like that type of anxiety, that type of, of, of trauma, tra- yeah. like the anxiety and, and hypervigilance. It's like, yeah, I, I like, and I can only imagine how much that must suck. Well, I mean, being in that constant state of like, Fear. Uh, yeah it's fear no there's no other way about it it's 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 uncertainty which is fear you know and i i don't i don't relate to grinding my teeth at night uh i i at least from what my my what i'm told i don't do that but i have when i smoke a lot of weed grind my teeth if i'm like having a freak out session where i'm like oh my god my life my life my life what have I done? I will find myself cr- crushing, like grinding my teeth. And 
it's like the nerve endings in my mouth are on fire. I'm just trying to soothe them, but the action of me soothing them is making it worse. So I, I, I can relate to that, that initial, initial emotional feeling, but doing it while I'm sleeping, I, 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 I don't think I can relate to it. You know, it's, that's, that's gotta be an incredible emotion to be going through. And it's something that you should definitely talk about. Uh, well, some, a lot of times you don't know what you're doing or you don't remember it. I mean, that's well, of course, yeah, uh, it's not like, a. um, it can also just be triggered by, by dreams. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know I, I know I have grounded, ground, grinded my teeth uh in my sleep because my ex would wake me up occasionally but like way less often than than they would but um and i think for me it was just like i was having a stressful dream you know and mm -hmm. yeah that's it but it wasn't like every night so yeah it um anyway that, that one curious. sorry what Take no, i was gonna say when when uh i was just throwing that out there as a little funny anecdote but like yeah if, if you want to if you wanted to move on or whatever you wanted to do. I was, I wasn't trying to, uh, no, no, it, that's, it's exactly what, what I'm, I'm looking for. Okay. Uh, so again, now, sorry, just moving forward. Um, and I, I think this is more, uh, relatable, uh, personally for you, but again, not a, not a sure sign. And I'm going to keep repeating that through this, uh, number four, we have deep in ourselves an appalling self-image. We hate who we are. We think we're ugly, monstrous, repulsive. We think we're awful, possibly the most awful person in the world. Our sexuality is especially putrid. We feel predatory, sickening, shameful. Now, I can, I, I've had negative self-body image um, thoughts especially living on social media for sh the, those short time that I did. Uh, it's, it's very easy to, to look at yourself and, 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 and shame yourself. Um, what, what I think what they're talking about here is all the time is you aren't worth someone loving you because of your, of your, of your, of your faults, of your, of your flaws. Uh, this is it, it, a deep hate. It's just you hate yourself image. And now again, my experience comes from, uh, I think more, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, on the surface reasons. Yes. Superficial reasons. Um, less, um, I mean, other, other than the fact that I, I think my uncertainty has been a huge detriment. My fear of uncertainty has been a huge detriment to, to, to my, my self progressing as an adult. Um, I've, I've noticed, I mean, I've, I've felt that I've felt that my actions and my choices are always uh, to the more negative, more negatively affect myself. Then do you, do you not think? I mean, I'm I'm just surprised I'm not hearing you say this, but you know, you let me know. It is um, you, we would have 
you you would have been what we would call like the quote unquote family fuck up, right? In you know, as far as you and your three brothers, mm-hmm. in the sense of like uh, the stuff you. I'm not calling. Oh my god, sorry. Did that come off as really shit? No, I dude, I I took. I didn't hear anything. So shut up. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't taking anything. Like, what did you call me? <laughs> oh, I'm not calling you a fuck up. You're 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 fine. You're good. <laughs> earlier in life. Thank you. you, know, you did you you know you were the wild you were the wild one the black sheep yeah in a way just the, the the yeah the the one who got into the most trouble the one who who did the most you know uh uh you know re- out there thing whatever uh um rebellious stuff uh but I mean none of you none of you for none of the four of you and your brothers are like fucking angels right but um. Yeah, you you were the wild child, and uh, I mean that's fair to say, right? Yes, of course. No, okay. I, I I I I think we we would all agree. I mean, I don't know how much how how much how many uh, how much you've told about your life in this in this uh, series. So you know, I'm not trying to like. No, nothing. Nothing is done in your life. Trust me. The reason why you are here is because of who you are and what you have been through. Um. I mean, with me or observed with me and personally with yourself, uh, nothing is, nothing's secret, Okay. you know, there doesn't have to be that. So, so what I was trying to get to with that was like, that like, I, as, as someone, as an outsider, I feel like I've noticed for many years with you that your self-image seems to be very negatively affected by this uh, role that you sort of were, you know, forced into in your family dynamic where, you know, you were basically the, you know, the, I'm going to go back to what I said originally, the quote unquote, you know, the fuck up, the, the, you know, the one of the, or whatever. And, um, because I mean, I've known you, well, I've known you a really long time and I've known for, and I've noticed for years that you seem to, uh, not so much recently, but in the past would, um, just kind of assume the worst of yourself in any situation that like you're good you would you I remember you a lot of times just kind of um assuming that you were going to fail assuming that things were going to go bad assuming that um you were gonna fuck up I guess so I don't know I'm just do, do you think that's like I'm I'm reading that correctly or what do you what do you think no I I <laughs> again from my perspective yes I can totally agree um not only with like sports or being the second child um my older brother was always much better at me than doing most of our hobbies which was like bmxing dirt bike riding he was always better than me and i always gave up very quickly and that give up that like oh just give up you're not you're not good enough you're not going to be you're never going to be fast not going to be good enough was (laughs) always on the back of my mind not only that but it, it comes from it it ties into i think grades you get in school now again i you know being well behaved aside uh getting getting good grades was very difficult for me not not just because i don't think i was smart enough but i, I was unable to pay attention and when 
when that 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 time of the fucking month would come around or or what uh, uh four times a year you get like a report card yeah. and that was my self-worth i was handing to my parents that was my self-image that i was handing to my parents and i would avoid it i would i would lose it i would throw it away the school would have to mail it it, it was it was always such such a moment for me because I, both my parents would just shake their heads. Like, why, why aren't, and I, and this is what I felt like, why aren't you good enough? Why aren't you smart enough to, 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 to get this? And they knew me, they knew I, I, I mean, lack of a better word, they knew I, I was competent enough to, uh, to understand the lessons. I just wasn't able to I don't know, recite or record or whatever the hell tests are about. And, and that, that, that set me up. So it wasn't only being a second child following, you know, other children in, in the family that were much better at activities than I were or better at school than I was. Um, out of my four brothers, I am the lowest uh, graduating I'm the lowest, uh, lowest part of the class, lowest part of the graduating class. <laughs> I mean, same. So you know, I can relate to all that. Uh, by the way, I, you, you know, I had horrible fucking grades, right? Did you know that? Did we ever even talk about that, or did you just? Assume well, I, I, I can I just quick, quick an anecdotal story that I always look back on with fond memories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if this has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on the No, we you we you and me, we did art. We did art for such a long time. And we, we did it for longer than we probably should have. But there was a moment where I, I truly believed that you had just given up. And you, you would uh, every time there's an art project due, you would hand in this shell shaded or this um this shaded apple that you did like freshman year. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I'm like every time, every it doesn't always got matter. A grade. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was always every new, it was every new teacher. Yeah, I would give the same fucking apple. <laughs> So let me just explain it. So it was this beautiful shaded apple. I'm, I'm thinking Macintosh. It was uh, at least three to seven tones of shade. And it was, it was done well freshman year, I assume. <laughs> but every time, an art, every time a, a, a weekly project came up, which was like draw something with five to seven tones of shading, that was what you handed in. Like, Three different teachers. It was every new teacher. It was every new year. Yeah, it was every different know, year. They didn't know that I had already done that one. They thought it was new. You know, I didn't like do it multiple times per teacher because they would obviously, I mean, yeah. I know I know high school teachers aren't like the, the cream of the fucking crop, but like I think they would have noticed yes. rehanding in the same one. But yes, I reused it. It was like my token like first assignment. <laughs> yes, first assignment. There it is. Yeah. Um, for like six years it was like through middle school i think even maybe i don't remember but uh oh no like i think it was yeah most of high school art 
most of my most of the assignments i just paid my sister to do for me oh um, yeah i forgot yeah. i forgot that too yeah i give her i you know because we got like you know allowance or whatever and i would just give her my allowance so she could she would do my art assignments for me it's the only one she was willing to do of course I of course fail art even though I, or i failed other classes uh because i just didn't do i just wouldn't fucking do homework um i know i hear you there i i failed art because i just told the teacher stop stop i don't know why you're trying to teach something that doesn't exist I not that art doesn't exist it. sorry continue no i was gonna say i think art if i if i like look take my whole like high school you know career uh you know and and package it and like which subject did i put the most effort into i think actually art would be even though a lot of the assignments i paid my sister to do for me some of, i did do some of the assignments in art and some of them i did work really fucking hard oh on. yeah uh um, oh yeah i remember i did a uh i did a i did a pencil like i did a i did a drawing uh of a scene from like an actual like still life image from final fantasy 9 um it was like a it was like a, a a background scene of alexandria the city of alexandria in final fantasy 9 and i like yes spent fucking hours and hours like days working on that um and i don't even think the teacher liked it because oh no, yeah and i remember it was like the assignment it was supposed to be in color and so she oh like, i do remember that gave me a bad grade because it wasn't in color and i'm like fuck you i worked but so you, hard on this yes um anyway yeah so shit like that but like any other class like i could not be fucking bothered to put in effort um is that i mean and that's what i was talking about way earlier with that whole like just the, the the defense mechanism of just giving up of just saying fuck it in response do you think self-image is tied to that at absolutely all? absolutely i mean i so yeah i have a lot to say about self-image but i'll try to keep it short um yeah i have always fucking hated myself in a deep deep way like beyond just like a and it's and it's beyond like a, a conscious like i'm thinking about it a lot it would just be a like like the same way you would hate a like a really shitty relative or something or like someone you know and you just think they're really repulsive it was just this kind of thing i lived with um the only times it went it like got better were when I was in like a new relationship with someone who I was super super into like really like infatuated with them and then they liked me back and yeah. then it would give me that that was the only time that I would feel like a relief of the hating myself because I would feel like well if this person who I'm super fucking well into, if they like me then I can't be I can't be the worst you know I, there's got to be something but then, of course, eventually those people would dump me just because, like, I was young, whatever. I mean, well, how about this? How about relationships? But like, and then it would all fall apart. But anyway, yeah. but no, I mean, not that we were young, but how about and this is number five. We are often drawn to highly unavailable people. <laughs> we tend we no, sorry. We tell ourselves we hate needy people when really when we really hate people that are might be too present for us. We make a beeline for people who are disengaged and won't want warmth from us and who are struggling with their own 
undiagnosed issues around avoidance. Yes. Now I, I, yeah, I can sing to that. The greatest song in the world. I have been in many relationships where I'm seeking that, that disconnect, not the disconnect, but like, I see the disconnect and I'm like, oh my God, they, they have something that I want, how I, I must be with them so I can learn this new skill. And it was their skill of avoidance, which I, I would show with amazing colors in different effects and different events throughout my life, but I didn't see it at that time. Now you had mentioned, and again, not, not to diagnose you, we're not doing this, um, but we are, now how do you feel about being drawn to people that necessarily aren't good for you or beneficial to you? Does that make sense? Have, have you ever felt that or, or what, what are you seeking? Talk to me. Oh, there's so well, oh, there's so many different ways to go about this because, but all right, I'll try to, I'll try to, I'll try to make a answer you simply with this. Uh, I think in a lot of cases, I'm not even confident enough to say most cases, but I think in a lot of cases, what we do, we're, we're looking for the parts we wish we had in ourselves. Uh, or there's a better way of saying that. The, the things we feel are lacking in us we're then drawn to in others. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm pointing my finger. A projection, a projection of our own, you know, insecurity and, and self-hatred. I mean, the, the extreme being like, yeah, absolute self-loathing or whatever, but like oh God, the things so we don't like about ourselves, we look, we see the lack, we see the lack of that in someone else, the thing. So, you know, I guess, so for example, for me, like one of the things that I've always uh, one of the things that I've always hated about myself, or one of the things that has always made me dislike myself was feeling as though I was a, um, a coward. So um, I've always been very attracted to people who, from my perception, seem to be very uh, confident um, and, uh, you know, um, outgoing outgoing people yep. and, and sure of themselves, you know, people yep. who just seem to be afraid, who just seem to be, uh, yeah. And I would chase those people, you know what I mean? But I would also be intimidated by them. Uh, and then uh, it never ended well, but yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing a lot of people who struggle with like self-image issues is, is, they, is they seek the people who just represent what they don't like about, represent the opposite of what they don't like about themselves. The problem with that is, you know, obviously they're not working on themselves and they're just trying to fill a hole. Mm -hmm. um, and that's never going to work out. No. Because you're not treating the other person as a human being. You're just treating them as like basically a, 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 a some kind of like catharsis. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, so let me, let me just echo what you said. Um, in my adulthood, because I don't consider my young adulthood relationships, they were toxic in their own ways, of course, but um, not really attached to this. Um, but as an, as, as an adult, uh, especially when I moved out of the house and was doing my own adulting, <laughs> quote unquote adulting things, um, the people I definitely sought out were people that were 
appeared on the surface level to be in control of their lives. They were in control of what they were doing. They were in control of their happiness and they were in control of the amount of time they had to pursue their, their, their passions and their careers. And that's kind of what I would seek out and attach to. And it was so disheartening to attach to these people to realize that that was a facade. Well, not like a facade, but I saw what I wanted to see. And it was the lack of, it was the lack of motivation that I had in myself, the lack of direction I had in myself. Oh, this person was actively seeking this job or this career. And I attached to it to learn that that person had given up on that career and had just kind of turned into what I was turning into, which was just kind of going with the flow and, and, and hating themselves for that. And it's, it's incredible hearing it now, but like, if I, if I seriously look back at most of my relationships, I'm always looking for that image. It's an image I'm looking for. And I, I see the image in the beginning and then the image falls apart once I get to know that person. Yeah. And then I hate that person yeah. for like lying to me. It's like, they didn't lie to me. It's I saw what I wanted to see. And now I'm not listening to them because I hate them. It's like, whoa. So I, I can, I can totally on, on multiple levels, including um, my most recent or most past recent relationships, definitely um, relate to chasing, I won't say chasing the dragon, that's not it, but like chasing the idea, chasing an image of where you want yourself. Yeah. The person themselves. Yeah, exactly. Huge. That's a huge one that a lot of, I think most people are just guilty of this. I think the, I also think the internet has, has worsened this a lot because we're yeah we are becoming more and more um inundated with just seeing the the avatars of other human beings you know their their digital profile you know what i mean of course the bullet points um, yeah yeah so it's 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 i think getting worse but yeah um falling in love with the idea of a person rather than the person themselves um is is a big thing but yeah uh Another trap I would fall, I would fall into it. Honestly, I think I fell into this trap more often than, than the other one we were just talking about was basically quote unquote settling for someone who I wasn't even that all that into, but just because it was easy. Easy. Um, yep. Easy. And those are the ones I feel normal. The more, those are the ones I feel more guilty. Like I feel very, I have a lot of guilt about a lot of my past relationships because that is so hurtful and shitty to the other person you know what i mean yeah if you're not into someone oh yeah you just like go with it because it's easy yeah you know? like and, and me... it's not their fault i mean and there's nothing no. wrong with them. i mean if you're not into them we're all into what we're you know we're all into different things it's fine like there's it doesn't have to be hurtful but to then like get into a relationship with them because it's easy and then of course at some point down the line you're just going to be over it you're not going to want to be in that anymore um, and then you have to hurt them 
and the whole time <laughs> right <laughs> the whole time you were just basically being dishonest yeah. and i've done that and i've done that multiple times and i feel really bad about that um i should probably reach out to some of those people actually but you know um you will yeah i'm sorry yeah. but like um no you're right i mean just to clarify real quick um guilt and remorse are directed outwards towards others shame is directed inwards yeah. so when when you do feel these words and the inside these words <laughs> when you feel these feelings <laughs> when you feel this language uh when you feel these um feelings um it's 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 always a step in the right direction and it's it's not nothing to ever beat yourself up about yeah. um oh yeah yeah I'm, i it's not too bad and and to bring it back to the conversation we're at like yeah uh that's another but again that, that's another symptom when you're talking about seeking relationships that are bad for you um you know see seeking what's easy uh is obviously going to be a, a type of defense a, co- a type of coping mechanism yeah um against you know a a, a, a oh a, yeah a we're about to get into that fear and uncertainty but yeah go ahead i mean so uh number six to to jump along is um we are sickened by people who want to be cozy with us we call these people puppyish revolting or desperate i've i have experienced that um more in my younger years less in my adulthood now because i've i have i have become more isolated and alone in my adult years uh, especially now which again um is definitely self-inflicted a little bit but uh geography inflicted too so uh i i have experienced people wanting to be cozy and like love us for us being for who we are and i definitely push those those people away and i i without getting into regret but that was something that i wish back then i i was aware of so i could change not that i think that these relationships would blossom into anything but just the fact that there was love or kindness to be, and I just shut it down instantly because you're weak, I'm strong. Let's let's talk well, about this. They, they, they remind you of yourself, right? Yes. They, they remind you of the thing of what you don't like about yourself, of the negative <clears throat> self-image you have. Yes. And that's all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all projection. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think I might have had that a bit in my younger years. Um, but I mean, again, I was more tempted by the cozy, by the comfort, the easiness uh, of the coziness more so than rejecting it. But then I would just hate myself with someone else and then end up hurting them. You know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, I was definitely for a long time way more attracted to people who were cold to me. Um, because it felt yeah. like they were, um, what? they were, uh, it, it felt like they were um, agreeing with me. They were validating the self-hatred, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you see how much of a piece of shit I am. I get you. I <laughs> God damn it. I right like there. you. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a thing for a long time, you know what I mean? So yeah, I was definitely more attracted or infatuated with people who were, um, who were cold to me. Uh, but then like kind of liked me you know and then that just felt way more of it like an achievement um exactly it was it was an achievement it was it was if i can get your if i can get your attention and affection then i'm doing something right yeah 
and you might get little like flicks and 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 and, and stares every now and again but it was it's not it's not the answer it's not the the cure all and so wow yeah um we are sickened by people who want to be cozy with us and again i not my choice of words but uh definitely uh, uh, you know pushing away i think is an easier self-sabotage yes self-sabotage there we go so moving along here number number seven and this is something i've already jumped into multiple times already uh again and again and again on the show uh we are prone to losing our temper very badly sometimes with other people more often with just ourselves we aren't so much angry as very worried worried that everything is about to become awful again and we're shouting because we're terrified we look mean because we're in fact defenseless now i that this 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 speaks wonders to me and if this was a song sung by Linkin Park, I would listen to it right now. Because, um, you know, I love Linkin Park. R.I.P. Chester, man. Chester! Sorry. <clears throat> but, um, no, seriously. It's, 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 I, when I get anxious or angry, especially with, with going back to me sticking on a, on, a, on a specific time schedule, if I ask you to be there at this particular time and you don't show up, it's, I'm terrified that the world's going to fall apart. That I, I am, I'm, that this whole operation, everything that we've talked about was for nothing. Why are we even friends in the first place? If you can't show up to a phone call or if you can't show up to, to a, a job interview, like I, job interview, but like um, a day of work, there we go. Like these things, I, I, I blow out of my head and and make more terrifying than they are in reality in reality life happens you're not in control of anything except how you react and these these are stepping stones that i've had to make or sorry um i've had to accept these things that it's it's i'm not angry at people or anyone around me i'm just scared about what's going to happen to me and i think that's the best way i can put that um we we look mean but in fact we're defenseless um you know i think i think a a great defense to changes around you is mindfulness and one thing that's helped me uh learn about mindfulness and there's an if anyone has spotify there's awesome awesome mindfulness training exercises that they offer or you can find on spotify i don't think they offer them but you can find them on spotify and it's basically it's simple meditation um it's it's focus training it's bringing it's bringing your wandering thoughts to a point uh by focusing on your breathing and um the act of breathing and i have found that so beneficial to this and and i don't want to go into uh coping skills yet because we got three more and then I, I want to jump into coping skills. Um, but yeah, uh, losing your temper doesn't mean you're angry at any particular person. It could just mean that you are in fact just scared 
that you're just scared of, of, of what's going to happen. And Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I, Kenam, you're, I know, I know you have never been anyone to, you've never been, I never seen you lose your temper. Cause um, you've never worked with me. I never worked with you. Um, I wish I did now because fuck what I have some stories, but. Oh man. You, <laughs> you, really, you don't, you have not seen me <laughs> in, a, in a certain light. There's where one specific, Wait, like. Paint me a picture. Paint me a picture. Never seen I'm me curious. In, which is work. Type A, man. I'm fucking type A. Like controlling? I, controlling. Yes! Um, Sorry. I'm not uh, excited on this. It's not happy. Critical. Uh, like, yeah, absolutely. And just fucking like, uh, like boss mode. Like, I mean, I act like a manager even when I, I mean, I'm, I'm that asshole. I act like a manager even when I'm your equal. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, you're making 1250 an hour, dude. Shut up. No, no. <laughs> I can't help it. Like, I just, I want everything to be done right. Perfection, you know? I just, man. I want yeah. it to be done right. And I have, when, when I'm there, I have the energy to do it. And it's just fucking, I don't, and it's, I'm no bullshit. I'm like, it, I don't, none of it's, nothing's personal. It's I want to work with you so bad. Sorry. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a machine, man. And, yes. and, 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 um, and yeah, I can be such a dick and I just don't mean to be, I just don't even think about it. I get so many times. It's just like, this just happened to me, honestly, this morning, I think, I don't know. The dude doesn't speak good English, so I'm not exactly sure what he was mad about, but he, uh, he was bad <laughs> to me about something and I just had to apologize. I don't even know what I was apologizing for because I don't think about I, maybe I was addicted to him and I didn't even realize it because I just don't even yeah anyway so like so many times I've had I've had co-workers get super pissed at me and I don't even really know what I did because I'm not even noticing but I just take their word for it like I'm sorry I was a dick I, I I'll try to be better um, but where, yeah. where's where's the this where's the where's the line and this is maybe not in touch with this topic but when should you read other people and go, whoa, all right, now you care what they think, roll it back, uh, compared to not caring what people think and, and, and saying how you feel? Where's, where's the line? When it's affecting them, as long as they're being some, somewhat reasonable. I mean, if someone says, if someone, if you're working with someone and they said, Hey man, you know that you fuck you for doing that. And you're like, what? And you're, and they're like, you reached, Oh, you know, you reached in front of me to grab something that was really rude of you. I'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I like, I'd be like, I'm sorry if that's something that bothers you. That's not really something that like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't feel bad about that. If yeah. someone was like, Hey, you were a dick to me. I'd want, I'd be like, can you, I would want to know I would hope that they would explain how I was being a dick. And if, and if, if I can understand why they thought that, if I, what they say makes sense, then yeah, I'm going to fucking apologize because, and I'm going to feel like I should apologize and I'm going to try to do better. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my coworkers, the same guy, the same guy doesn't speak good English, but I knew about this one. This was like a couple weeks ago. He got real mad at me because I have this habit of, when there's nothing right in front of me to do, I'll just go around and look for shit to like, what, you know, I'll, like I'll look for yeah. crumbs, I'll look for, I'll look for whatever, and I just want to wipe shit. Yes. And he got really mad at me because he had just wiped that area, but I oh. slipped from, you know, and I, and so he sees it as me going behind him and 
basically saying without saying that he's doing a shitty job, but I don't tell him that blah, blah, blah. And he gets really mad at me. And I'm like, dude, I, like, I apologize. And I'm like, I, I truly like, I'm not seeing you even do that. I'm just in my own head. Like, and it was hard to explain because his English isn't good, but like, and I try to explain myself. I try to, and I apologize. But at the end of the day, you know what I did? What? I just made a conscious effort to stop doing that. <laughs> when he, yeah. said, you know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm like, okay, when I'm working with this guy, I'm going to stay away from his, his area because if I go to his area and start mm. wiping shit, he's going to get pissed. Like, and I just do that, you know? It's not yeah. hard. Um, yeah, I know. I just, I, I, I also think that as adults, it, given the proper skills and training that it doesn't matter how people react, it, it shouldn't affect us. You know, that, that your anxieties or, or your, the way you handle a situation isn't necessarily a middle finger at me. I would and love it. No, even right. if it, even if it was, even if it was, but like. No. It, my immediate reaction, and I should, I should, clear, I, I should be honest here. My immediate reaction to that encounter was I was very pissed and defensive. I mean, no, I wasn't, to his face, I was apologetic, but right afterwards, I got real angry and defensive because I was like, you know, why the fuck is he taking this personally? Like, I'm just in my head doing work. We're at work. Why? Like, none of it's personal. Why is he taking it personally? And I stewed about it. You know what I mean? Eventually, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? It's not worth. Why don't I just avoid doing the thing that annoys him? But I agree with you. In an ideal world, people would stop taking shit so fucking personally. Um that's that's like i mean god i don't believe in like rules of life because it's too fucking vague but like that's as close to a rule of life as i've ever come to at least to, to this point in my life is stop taking shit personally no especially especially in a, in a restaurant or service industry yes because there is it, it, you have people on a time crunch and there is a certain criteria that must be met and shit happens that are, it's out of your control. It's out of your fucking control. And this shit happens. And because it's out of your control, you feel like you've let yourself or anyone down or the customer or your boss because, oh my God, you know, fill in the blank happened. And, you know, it's, it's me. I, and now I, I know I'm a bar manager. Uh, I, I, you know, I work in a mountain a ski resort and it's just i i have learned now to to care a lot less because none of it matters because no one's going home thinking about me but yeah. i'm going home thinking about them <laughs> so there's a difference there's a difference it's just it's just caring what caring about what they think of you and then versus caring about how you're affecting them i mean those are two of course things. oh yes of course of course of course a horse is a horse um I, I am still learning how I'm affecting people and the, the, what my ripple has. And, and honestly, it, it wasn't until like, I, I started reading this book, um, Wheel of Time, a great fucking fantasy novel. Uh, Robert Jordan, check it out, please. As it actually has a show on Amazon right now. Yeah, um, shout out because I need, they need this. They need this publicity. No, but um, Every, you know, uh, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills or, uh, sorry of my broken English there, but, um, you, you, you have an effect, you have, you have a place 
and you are definitely doing things that you're unaware of. And I'm becoming more and more aware of that the older I get, especially with angry bosses or angry coworkers or coworkers that are disconnected and don't give a fuck or coworkers that come in and, and try to care a little bit too much, but you know they don't care. And ripple effects, and this goes into politics too. Um, you, you don't know who you're affecting by planting a flag in your front yard. And it's, it's little things like that, that we're, we, we have these horse blinders and we have these horse blinders up and we, and we just, we're not, we're not really paying attention. And that's, that's a bigger issue, a hand than I, I think we're all comfortable with admitting to the fact that we all live here on the same boat, sorry, in the same ship together and we're pretending like we don't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the, we, the, the, the sort of myth of like individualism or whatever. Yeah. And, and I know I don't affect anybody in Sri Lanka right now personally. <laughs> but, but no, what I'm saying is I could buy a couple things that are produced there that could increase profits for somebody somewhere else that might increase production somewhere else that ends up in Sri Lanka. I don't fucking know, but there is a ripple effect. There is a chain of events. I'm not saying causation equals uh, correlation equals causation, but we, we all live here together and we, we gotta, we gotta remind ourselves that we have to come back into this, into, into, you know, not just your personal space, but a, a collected space. And it's so easy to turn that off. It's so easy to be like, it's, it's just me right now. It's just, this is it. Um, what's that word? There's a word, fuck. God damn it. There's a God, there's a beautiful word that was invented um, for experiencing or the understanding that every passerby in the streets is living their own complex and individual life that oh. you will never understand. Yeah. Um, Sonder, Sonder, here we go. I got it. Go, Sander, yeah. uh, to Sonder. Yeah, uh, to Sonder is to understand that everyone's living their own complex lives. And I don't think many of us were taught to do that or to even uh, Americans were taught to do that or um, to even think of it as an option because it's it's a me-centric universe that we're taught to to grow up in so it's not that's not your fault that's not my fault if you're taught to do a certain thing yeah you know if, if a lion is taught to kill a gazelle the lion's going to kill the gazelle to eat the lion's not going to cultivate crops and make potatoes you know we are products of our environment so let's start the change now together guys <laughs> together right now by the way there's a uh, bar in bakersfield california named uh Sonder, so we should uh meet up there. really yeah. all right i am putting this on my list of things and places to go <laughs> also um i think there's a town in texas and i'm sorry texas or illinois i'm sorry i'm sorry world where they named all the streets um after 
uh, Carl Sagan's Cosmos. I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. I live very close to Ithaca. And when you go to Ithaca, uh, New York, you get to see Carl Sagan. Um, his tenure was at, at Cornell, which is in Ithaca. And if you go down downtown Ithaca, there's a, it's called the Star Walk. Or I'm sorry, guys. I think it's called the Star Walk. I could, I'm questioning my reality right now. But you walk around downtown the Commons, and you—it's all these different facts about the universe. And I'm like, Carl, this is you. This is your doing. Um, he's my idol, or one of my idols. Uh, love you, Carl. But um, yes, uh, I want to. I want <laughs> anything that he had an influence on. I want to at least check out. You know. From a the, the distance of a road at least. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Whoa. Sorry, I had to you edit those out or <laughs> I had to get that out. Um, all right, let's we gotta I gotta move on. Yeah, let's go. Uh number eight. Is that where we're at? Yes, number seven was uh a temper, blah blah blah. Uh, number eight is we are highly paranoid. It's not that we expect other people will poison us or follow us down the street. We suspect that other people will be hostile to us and we will be looking out for opportunities to crush or humiliate us. Well, I mean, I, wow. I thought I, I tied that in with the first fucking one. Yeah. That um, was, that's, that's part of hypervigilance. Yes. So yes, uh, maybe they're, maybe they're going on, on a circle here, but yes, uh, this is definitely typed into hypervigilance. Um, we, I am, I, we, I always suspect other people are hostile or where they will be hostile. Yes. Um, and that's like strangers on the street that I've never met and will never, ever, ever, ever see again. It's crazy that paranoia. Well, that, that is a form of hypervigilance that I do have actually, and I can relate to it. But I, for me, I chalk it up to a, as a uh, projection of my, um insecurities of my low self-image yeah um i just assume because i don't like myself i'm going to assume everyone else isn't going to like me either and so i i so it's not <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> maybe not so much a hostility <laughs> as like an antagonism so i this is how i've described it to like therapists in the past i said i i, I said uh, i feel like i have a very antagonistic relationship with with the world around me um because i just feel like because because I hate myself, I'm gonna assume everyone else is gonna hate me too. You know, I mean, no. why would I? Why would I think otherwise? You know what I mean? So every every interaction, every every stranger out there, you know, is immediately a not like a foe in like a dangerous sense, but just like an a uh, uh, someone who is against me. Well, we can look at RPGs uh, <laughs> specifically for this trait too. Um, playing any Final Fantasy, as you will, going out into the world is a very treacherous and and and, and dangerous thing. Um, number nine here is we find other people so dangerous and worrying that being alone has huge attractions. We might like to go live under a rock forever. In some moods, we associate bliss with not having to see anyone ever again. And I, I mean, this ties in with number eight, hundred percent. It's it's the paranoia. It's it's the fact that we we are just a. Fr- and I think it's it's the unknown, right? It's it has to be the unknown. It's just well, yeah, and the risk. I mean, the, yeah. yeah, risk equals unknown, right? It's 
there's an equation here somewhere that, that is mathematically divided uh, by you know that, uh, that, that can be completed yeah divided by shitting my pants <laughs> divided by uh <laughs> running away and crying uh no going back to me um and i said this in the beginning of the episode uh afraid to approach people in their natural state whatever whatever they're doing just i gotta walk on this side of the street oh here let me put it into more um, relatable terms if i'm walking a dog and I'm unsure how I'm going to handle any other interaction. I, I put it onto the dog. And <laughs> if I'm walking out on the street, and I see another person walking a dog. I'm like, oh my God, the dogs are going to, they're going to, they're going to meet. They're going to, they're going to smell it. They're going to, they're going to have some kind of interaction. And I got to talk to that person. Whoa, let me, uh, let me go the, let me, let me turn the direction I'm going to avoid them because I know oh, our dogs will be say on. hi. Uh, yep. Well, and you know dog? what? There might be there might be a, a re, there might be a reality that their dog could be mean, but no, it's the fact that I'm putting my emotions onto the dog, my dog, then their dog, and then the dogs are meeting, and then it's it's a it's a clusterfuck of <laughs> of emotions of control. So I you know I yeah. Do I find other people dangerous? No, I, you know what? This is, all right, we're going to get into this real soon. We got two more steps and I want to get into the coping mechanisms. It's not the other so. people. Hold on. Sorry. I got to say this. It's not the no. other people. No, it's not. Dangerous. It's that we, it's that we're afraid. Of course. To, we're afraid to be ourselves is where it's the fear. It's the fear of exposing yourself. It's not that the other person is dangerous. Here, Vulnerable. Okay, this is hilarious. Cause this just happened to me today. All right. I was coming back from work every day, <laughs> every day. I pass right down the street from me. There's this awesome like used bookstore um, and I've been wanting to go in it and I haven't. Ah. All right. And I haven't gone in it. So I passed it probably like a hundred times by now. I haven't gone in it and there's no reason I haven't gone in it. Part of it again is there's that like fucking mentality. And it's also like the, um, you know, I want to go home and, and take my clothes off and get in bed, you know, like whatever. And then also there's a little bit of, if I go in there, I'll probably have to talk to whoever runs the shop. You know what I mean? Even just to say hello. And, but I had a motivation today because I have a friend's birthday coming up and I want to look, I want to look at, you know, see if I can find a cool book. Um, so I, 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 so I decided to go in there and the shopkeeper or the person working uh, says hi. And so cool, fine. And then like they're, um, I'm like wandering around the shelves and they happen to like see me and they go like, so what have you been up to today? <laughs> and, I, and I froze and I, like, I, felt, I felt like terrified. Like it's like a cold sweat ran down my neck. And I was like, wait, I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? What have I been up to today? Like, that's not where we're, you're, I'm a customer and you're a shopkeeper. Like we have a script we're supposed to follow. Like, this is not part, this is not on the script. This is not part of the procedure. And I got scared and I was like, I, I just got off work and they were like, cool. And that was it. And I was like, but that was a, that's a lame answer. Like, do I have anything better to say than that? Oh my God. It was just all these bad feelings. And it's so fucking stupid anyway. So there. No, it's not stupid. It's not stupid at all. Dude, I, I walk right past those shops. 
because of that goddamn same reason. Oh, dude, Ithaca, downtown Ithaca, Commons, beautiful fucking college town, awesome. It's just, it's, it's, blah, 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 blah. there are used bookshops, there are um, uh, uh, brain stores for, for teasing your brain, uh, games, whatever, the puzzle stores. I'm sorry. Brains. <laughs> brain stores. <laughs> Abby normal no um I walk past all of them because if I don't have a specific goal or action that I'm going to do walking through a store that is not full of people scares the fuck out of me because I have to interact with what I'm sure are amazing people down to earth people who are looking to have a because they're there all day they want to fucking talk yeah, to somebody <laughs> i'm bored i'm bored walking on the street but i have avoided them there's a used game store in ithaca i play used games i i have a ps2 that i i i i worship walk right past that store you know why because there's other people in there they're probably passionate about the same thing i am yeah. And I don't know what to say. To and them. they might know more than you. <laughs> I know, and dude. And you might sound stupid. I might sound stupid. <laughs> I could be dumb. <laughs> you might embarrass yourself. What I might like- embarrass myself. <laughs> Christ. I had to. How sad is life when that's what we're doing? <laughs> like no predators. No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, seriously. No, no natural predators. Nothing's out there going to kill us. <laughs> we don't have to fucking hunt for food. We don't have to go uh, scavenge. No, we might embarrass ourselves. They might people. ask me a question that I don't have a response to immediately. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is no, but you're right. It's, it's the amygdala. It's, it's, it's fight or flight. It's like, whoa, it's, it's a switch. It switches on immediately. That. That's, and again, I'm not diagnosing anybody, but that is one of the symptoms of uh, CPTSD. I'm very proud of you with your dyslexia. I'm, I'm trying. I had to slow down a little bit. I got to slow down a little bit. And I got to read it, but I can do it. Yeah. Um, I'm very dyslexic. I don't think I've actually expressed that on the podcast quite yet. Really? No, I, um, I will. I can't read. I know. Sorry. I can read. I just have to really try and trying takes a lot of energy and you burn it really quickly. And then before you realize it, it's like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. So, um, it's fucking dyslexic. I know you've never been officially diagnosed, right? Cause you're no, I've never been diagnosed. How did they not? No, no, no. Today it's so abundantly clear back in the nineties. It was a, it was a taboo. It, it, back in the 90s it was taboo there was no way dyslexia was a thing just like uh ptsd uh, ptsd came into the dsm uh four uh i think four i'm sorry back in 1980 and even then it was a well-established phenomenon that was reality since the fucking stone age but it, it wasn't in our Lord, language it wasn't in our language till the 80s so my parents, they dyslexia, they, that what? You're just saying the Greek word that makes no sense. Yes, exactly. You're just, you're just, you're saying gibberish, which is exactly how I read gibberish. 
Um, so yes, uh, I, I again, it's 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 um, I, I blame the system. I'm sorry, I blame. Uh, I don't blame anybody, man. Bush? I, no, I don't blame. You know what? Senior. He was a war criminal. No, <laughs> no, there's no more. I, I, I can't blame play, yeah. a particular person of a party because that's. Oh, yeah, we're not. OK, they're yeah. all. No, 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 no. They're all to blame. You motherfuckers. Yeah. All of you. All of you are to fucking blame. You're all. Thanks, Obama. You're all accountable. You're all there. You all cast a vote. You're all to blame. Fuck you. And this is me and my middle finger. And I'm pulsating it towards the camera. Except because... uh, President, except President Polk, because uh, I'm related to him. So you know. Oh no, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. No, no, he's cool. I think and, and, and I think I think Washington once said something cool, but he had slaves, so yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He like didn't wash his dick ever because no one did back then. Dude, that dick stung. <laughs> yeah, that dick. That dick stung. Seriously. And you, know, Martha, was like Martha. Is it Martha? Martha Washington. Yep. Martha, why did you say that name? <laughs> why? <laughs> because I'm George Washington. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> wow. Wow. My dick stings. <laughs> My dick stings. Um, email me this idea so we can make a movie. Um, back, sorry, back to the list. Don't it. Back to the board. We're almost, we're almost here, guys. <laughs> um, we got two left. Oh, sorry, we got three left. No, okay. what? I'm sorry, nine was the last one. All right, we can, we can, you know, I can skip these because they're no, all. I'll just give them. No, no, no. I just, 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 just read them because it, a lot of them seem to have been like. Yes, all right here. I'm, I'm going to go through the next three because the bigger categories. So just, yes, yeah. yes. All right. So I mean, self-image and 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 um, self-image and how you are perceived by others, I think, is a major influence on this list, but um. To jump down to the next next three, and I kind of want to. Well, here number ten, we don't register ourselves as suicidal, but the truth of the truth that we find living so exhausting is often so unpleasant. We sometimes long to not have exist anymore, and I, you know I I I can totally relate to feelings of not wanting to exist anymore, um, in my darkest depths of uh, growing and learning who I am as myself and detaching myself from the people I, I, I live around or hang out with. Because self-identity is, it's, it's very important. So I have, often said, I have often said in the past, uh, I, don't want, I don't want to die, for, like, I, I just want to stop existing or I don't want to kill myself. I just want to stop existing. Yeah. Um, because I've always been afraid of death ever since I became aware, you know, that God, that like horrifying um, moment for me when I was like pre a little bit prepubescent, I was probably like 11 or 12 when I finally like had that prescient moment like laying in bed at night of like wait i'm going to die someday like that's real yeah and, and uh it it fucked it like fucking fractured my brain um never fully recovered from that actually so uh i've always been like terrified of so like i could never i never ever thought realistically that i would ever be able to kill myself like it's just never even been a 
um, something that I uh, thought was um, like in the cards, even in my lowest, lowest, lowest points of depression. It was just a, I, you know, I wish someone else would do it for me. Um, I wish I could just stop existing without having to actually go through the act of dying, you know, stuff like that. So like, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, the, it's not that I found, yeah. I mean, the suicidal thoughts that I found myself in were more situational like this moment right now is too intense or, or my, my preconceived notion of this event is going to be so intense that I want to avoid it. So my suicidal tendencies are more, have been, sorry, more towards avoidance than actual duration of time. And again, it's not like an idiot, but like, when that time passes, those feelings go away. So it's more like an, an adherence to change or something happening. Like a reaction. So yeah. a reaction, yes. So I, I, and that kind of goes into the next one, uh, number 11. We can't afford to show much, <clears throat> um, we can't afford to show much spontaneity. Spontaneity? Is that how you say that? being spontaneous spontaneity um we're all learning here guys thank you for your patience um we can't afford to show much spontaneity we're rigid about routines everything may need to be exactly so as an attempt to ward off looming chaos oh my god so this is another tie-in to like two other ones we just fucking had hypervigilance yes 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 we may clean a lot um, sudden changes of plans can feel ind- indistinguishable from the ultimate downfall we dread. Okay, so I should have fucking read this 20 years ago. But number 11 here is Sean in a fucking cluster bubble. Fuck. Is being spontaneous is off the plan, is off the norm. And that's not how, I mean, I love when spontaneous, someone being spontaneous equals good but my life has shown me that being spontaneous equals mostly bad um mostly losing money that you can't get back and that's a whole capitalism thing that i want to dive into later um because money i think (laughs) adds a whole nother layer no being a capitalist in the capitalist society adds a whole nother layer to every fucking mental health topic you must dissect because when you have to earn to live, it's going to warp uh, the ways you go about living. Um, there's no other way about it. Um, You're right, anything. and let's stop there because that's like entirely other. Yes. So, so Oof. right now, um, well, we guys, you were saying about spontaneity. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for all you out there, uh, if you ever don't want Sean Lechner to like. <laughs> go somewhere or be somewhere just uh spring it on him real fast yeah in the other fucking direction and i will tell you like, how hey, i can't I'll just be like hey oh hey i'm having a thing in 10 minutes can you get that can you be there and you just won't hear a response from him for like three days nope oh uh, my phone was off i'm sorry oh no sorry i was doing a no phone day for oh, and, three and, weeks and make it really solidify it call him oh no i don't have you can't call me because my phone doesn't work 
the audio uh, wavelength uh, of Dude, the number of years you like you uh, you <laughs> number of times you didn't have a working phone when I know you had a fucking working phone. You just used that excuse. Yeah, I remember. Um, I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, right now, that I, I, I didn't mean it. That's that's all that matters. All right, uh, number twelve. We've made it, guys. Number twelve, and this is <laughs> tied into the rest. Uh, in a bid to try and find safety, we may throw ourselves into work, assuming, uh, sorry, amassing money, fame, honor, prestige. But of course, this never works. The sense of danger and self-disgust is coming from deep within. We can never reach a sense of safety externally. A million people can be cheering, but one jeer will be enough to evoke the self-distinguish we have left unaddressed inside. Breaks from work can feel simply worrying. Retirement and holidays create unique difficulties. And you know what? Let me jump in this real quickly. I was off of work for a month. Um, my, my job shut down from October to December. It's December, what, uh, 12th, 7th now. Um, so we were off, we were technically off from work for a month. And that was, that was the darkest month I've had all year from starting this podcast. I started this podcast, um, me and John started it um, last last November when I was in between jobs then. And then I got this job and they, they, we, we had to shut down to whatever jobs do to shut down and, and do things for coming into season. And that, that was the, this has been the darkest, this has been the darkest time I've been through um, in my, in my, recently and you know it might be tied to money i wasn't making an income and i was eating through my savings that is a mental fucking hit in the head but at the same time i would reach out to the to to my company and i i would i would do odd jobs and the best they could do was pay me minimum wage, which is like twelve fifty an hour. And I went from like making on average twenty two to thirty three an hour with tips to making twelve an hour for an entire day. And that blow, that kick in the nuts, that blow to my self worth and how the company viewed me, because oh well, I mean you're making minimum wage, you should be fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing that narrative into their mouths because that was a narrative that was fed to me through my bosses. And that was a dark time for me. It was really fucking dark. And I hated myself. I hated myself for like, for allowing it to happen, for allowing myself to just sit silently while these people exploit you for your kindness and your need to, to pay bills. And I, you know, I, I never want to live that ever again, but 
I guess I, st- I stuck through it because I knew there was at the end tips were going to come back. And I, I'm working for tips. I'm not working for my employer's uh, 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 feelings. I'm not working to appease my employers because that doesn't benefit me. And if I seek that, it's a dead end. If I'm seeking to please my employers, I'm only going to hurt myself because they will never give me the affection I'm seeking from elsewhere or I was trying to seek from childhood. My inner child screaming here, boss, please love me. But financially, I can see how this how this plays into all of us. You know, if if you don't if you don't work through the hired, if you don't work through the holidays, then how are you going to pay for Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts or birthday gifts that are in this time frame? That's like a whole other societal fucking level. So I I, I can see this on on multiple fronts multiple. on multiple you, you fucking fronts. Living, you could be living with your you could be living with your parents or with a partner who pay who makes a ton of money and pays for everything right you could be living in a situation where you don't actually need to be making any money and because of the culture we live in you feel like a better person if you're if you have a job right yeah that's so it's really not about the money i mean it is about the money for for a lot of people right but even people but even at the end of the day even if someone doesn't need the money they're, they're considered a better, more worthwhile person if they have a job. I mean, just the, just the label unemployed has, you know, it's, it's so dirty. It's, it's dirty. The slur in our, in our culture, you know, lazy. I mean? um, exactly. I think so, lazy. So, yeah. I, I think, I think parasite, you know, I think like Ayn Rand type uh, fucking. Um, Ayn Rand, I fucking love to hate you. Yeah. <gasps> type, uh, type, type labels. Objective, you know? objectivism, right? Objectivism. There we go, yeah. baby. Objectivism. Ooh, we, go. we got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like, there's so many reasons people work beyond. I mean, beyond the financial. <laughs> um, and so much of it has to do with our culture and capitalism and all of that, and it's so fucked up our mental health and uh yeah we could talk about that for two hours so. well no but like oh sorry on, on that note so I, I i i crunched the numbers earlier um they so from a couple sources i heard that many as 20 percent of the american population could be suffering from p um cptsd 20% of the American population. Now, let's just pretend for a second the American population right now is 333,755,000. 2% of that is 1.6 million people are suffering from this without even knowing it. Wait, wait, wait. You say 2 or 20%? 20. 20%. 20%, 20% of... Of three hundred and thirty-three. All right, I'm million. checking math here, buddy, because I'm pretty I'm, sure. I'm I'm on a calendar right now, or sorry, calculator. Yeah, twenty percent of three hundred and thirty-seven million is um. Is sixty-seven and a half million. Wait, what am I looking at? What's point two? Point two L. That's twenty percent. Oh, I'm sorry. I did the wrong. I did divided by. Guys, this is why math works. 
And this is why you should talk about math with your friends and others around you, because it could be as simple as pushing the wrong button to make your entire worldview change. So 33 million times 20% is 66 million 751,000. So 20% of that, if, 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 if we are all suffering from possibly the same long-term trauma and let's, let's be honest here, this trauma comes from, it's generational. It's, it's families not knowing how to deal with changing times or that narrative on how to talk or conditionally or unconditionally love um, each other. So this, I think this is bigger than we're, than we're aware of. I, and especially because CTPSD isn't in the DSM, it's, it's lumped into a different category. A doctor can't, he, they can't diagnose it without going outside of what is understood or their bounds or how, whatever, whatever they are attached to the DSM with. So to, to tie this up real quick, because uh, we're, we're almost out of time here. And yeah, I didn't even get into the fucking, the coping skills. Let's do that next time. So next time we come in here, guys, I want to talk about coping skills. But if, if we can just, just quickly think about in a fantasy world that if, if we are all suffering, not all of us, but if most, not most of us, but if, if there are a lot of us suffering from the same illness, it doesn't have a name to it. Does that mean it doesn't exist? Is that, is that, is that a correct statement? What's if you don't have a word for it, if you don't have a word for it, how do you know it doesn't exist? I mean, it just might not all be the same thing, you know, but we, we see the effects of it. I, hmm. Or we're lump summing it into different categories. I mean, yeah. there's I mean, new diseases and cancers and, 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 and illnesses coming to, to light every year. And every time it happens, especially after living through 2020, we, 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 we laugh it off. Like you're, you're a liar. Your guys are joking. The people that we're supposed to trust and put faith into, not most of us, but media tends to distrust. I think this is a bigger problem than we are aware of. And, you know, I, I, I haven't been to a doctor yet. And, and please, everyone, let me, I'm, I'm financially seeking the best opportunity for me to go see a doctor. I've gotten a couple emails and guys, thank you so much. But that being said, what's available to me isn't available to every single American because it's, 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 it's a, it's a, right of, it's, it's privilege. Healthcare is a privilege in this country. I'm not at a line saying that I'm not coming from left field saying that healthcare is a privilege in this country. And through these conversations, hopefully we can, we can change that. But if, if 66 million of us are fucking suffering from this, I guarantee you only 8% of that is seeking help. And that's because of means. So I'd say probably less than that. Yeah. Less than that, dude. I know. I'm trying to be optimistic, man. But well, like, so where's the, I mean, all right. So therapy, kids, that's the go to therapy, therapy, guys. Go to a fucking doctor because 
this will this will affect your kids this will affect your kids kids this will affect your kids 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 this is generational this isn't a new thing my parents are a million times better than their parents i've heard the stories i've seen them in real life that's not the same for everybody but if this is generational then we're all suffering and we all have to talk about it and we all have to make amends or acceptance or whatever we got to do to move on to not affect others ripple effect i think we mentioned that like six times already in this episode um and next and it doesn't even have to have a name if you're just suffering you're right it doesn't you're right you don't need a dsm-5 fucking definition i mean the dsm doesn't yes you're right it helps for a doctor it helps to be um see um so coping mechanisms is what i want to go into next uh next time right spoiler spoiler talk to a doctor medication (laughs) okay yeah those are the top two top two. so let's so ketam next one with you we're gonna go into um coping mechanisms for uh ptsd complex ptsd talk about healthy and unhealthy coping yes oh that's a knee slapper right there because i i got plenty of unhealthy um coping skills that i can share with the world i'm about to go have one right now oh i can't wait oh shit i left my brownies in the fucking oven (laughs) shit all right um now i'm panicking great time see guys time whoa having a schedule fucks you up all right um get them thank you thank you for being here guys anyone email me at afthepodcast at gmail.com questions comments concerns uh suggestions on uh where to move the conversation or the conversations for future talks i love you all so much for fucking if you're if you made it this fucking far into this conversation please send me an email with the number 666 and you will get a special gift okay i won't explain what that gift is it could be a letter of an email or it could be a picture of my bicep which i don't think anybody wants but you might i don't know so i want that you will get something if you email me with this particular message on that note be kind love each other listen to each other stop judging Ken, do you have any final thoughts on today uh you know think about um think about your your past but uh and how it's affecting you now but you know don't uh don't hurt don't don't hurt yourself doing it you know what i mean just chill out you know it sounds silly chill out but like take five minutes five minutes focus on your breathing close your eyes i promise that will change your perspective. Everyone, have a good night. Be kind to each other. I love you all. Kedem, thank Thanks you so much for being here. Thank you. And we will do this again yeah. sometime in the future. Ha, 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 ha.